In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we are going to hear a piece that revolves around remembering and honoring a friend who passed and this idea of how we remember and honor the people who pass in our community. My guest today is Marissa Thomas. Marissa is the co-founder of For the Breast of Us. She was diagnosed at 35 with stage two hormone positive breast cancer. Marissa's passion to educate women on how to navigate the healthcare system to make it work for them comes from her being diagnosed at an early age. She also wants women to know that they can continue living their best life, regardless of the circumstances. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Healthcare Administration and is a certified Living Beyond Breast Cancer Young Advocate. Marissa, welcome to The Burn. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I should say that you wrote this bio for us way back in 2019. The essay you're reading is from way back then. Did I get anything wrong or is there anything we need to update there? Uh, That's about right. I'm actually on the board of uh, Living Beyond Breast Cancer now, so I'm a board member. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I did slice a line out of here when we originally um, shared your bio. You were living in the Pacific Northwest, and you've since then traveled across the country, too. So where are you joining me from today? I am. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia now. I love it. I love it. All right. So with that, the piece that you are reading today is called Christina, and this was from our 2019 social issue. That was an issue that you and your co-founder of For the Breast of Us, Jasmine, you guys were the guest editors of that issue. So we'll listen to you read your story, and then we will chat. Those of you listening, you know, stick around till the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's story. All right, Marissa, I'll let you take it away. Thank you. When breast cancer comes knocking at your door, one of the first things your medical team suggests to you is you should join a support group. We know many. But if you're anything like me, angry, confused, hurt, and scared by this diagnosis, the last thing you want to do is sit in a circle and talk about your problems. Oh, and how you feel about cancer. On the outside, I looked strong to others, but inside I was struggling, trying to figure out how to not only navigate this breast cancer diagnosis, but also find someone who could relate to. Someone who was raw and honest with their breast cancer experience, not sugarcoating shit, the way breast cancer really is. 
I just wasn't ready to talk face to face with anyone about it because I felt ashamed. One night during a steroids high, you know, the kind you have from all the medications your doctor gives you to hopefully ward off side effects. I decided to search the hashtag breast cancer on Instagram to see what I could find. Now, this hashtag can either be a wealth of knowledge or information overload. Pick your poison. You will find women going through treatment, plastic surgeons showcasing their work. Hey, Dr. Miami. Research articles, with companies, you name it. Again, pick your poison and proceed with caution. I happened to stumble across a fellow breast cancer survivor's Instagram page where she made a post asking women a certain question. I decided to read the comments, hoping to connect with someone, anyone. A lot of the women who commented had a private page, like myself. And who was I to judge? I mean, I get it. Why put yourself out there to be vulnerable, especially with a disease like cancer, when you're still trying to figure it out yourself? A certain young woman named Christina Liz caught my attention for whatever the reason on this post. I went to her page and thankfully it was public. She had a husband, two young boys, and was diagnosed around the same time as myself. I got up the courage, had to be the steroids, to send her a direct message saying hi. And the one thing that I made sure to say was, there are days I'm not sure I can make it, but I push through. Christina replied, acknowledging the anguish I was experiencing and agreeing that she too was dealing with the same issues. She explained how she hadn't met anyone younger than 50 so she was happy I had reached out. I think we both realized, because of our cultural backgrounds, it was hard at the time to find someone within our age group and how much we needed each other. Going through cancer treatment can be a lonely place, and depression had set in for me. From that day in April of 2016, a lifelong friendship was formed. We talked every day. Mostly via text because, as best friends know, sometimes a phone call wasn't needed. When anything happened in my life, Christina was the first to know. And if one of us found a breast cancer survivor on Instagram, we made sure to tell the other so they could follow them as well. Did you see the young woman who was just diagnosed and she's pregnant? I found this 26-year-old who was just diagnosed and she seems hella cool. Go follow her now. This was our way of developing our own community for ourselves. What Christina and I found out is that around this time, a lot of women were doing the same. Following other breast cancer survivors online, in particular on Instagram, building friendships, sharing tips and tricks, just like we did. Building a community and keeping in touch virtually, hoping one day to meet in person, but okay if that didn't happen. We are the generation that understands information is at our fingertips, and the fastest way to make some noise, if you will, or distribute is online. By June of 2016, Christina and I both finished chemo a week apart, and we made a plan to meet each other in July. 
summer passed and school started for our kids, we continue to laugh about life mixed with breast cancer side effects. What do you do when your kid comes home at 9 p.m. saying he needs football cleats for practice tomorrow? You run to the store, but you don't put on a bra because you're hot flashing and hope you don't scare away the children with your bald, sweaty head plus one floppy boob. You ever have moments where you forget you have breast cancer then something happens and it slaps you in the face like, hey there, bitch. Fast forward to May 2017, Christina developed a cough she couldn't get rid of and her oncologist kept saying it was because she picked up a cold from the kids and nothing to worry about. She would remark to me that my doctors must be overprotective because they saw me every three months where her doctors still hadn't scanned her after treatment. I urged her to go to the doctor and finally in July, she went to the ER and was told that her breast cancer had metastasized to her lungs. As time passed, Christina re-entered treatment, but the way this cancer ravaged her body was nothing pretty. It is something I wish no one has to experience, not only as a patient, but as a co-survivor too. When Christina told me the cancer had spread to her brain, I knew I had to go see her, just in case. When I returned home, one of the last conversations we had, Christina said, I know we both don't want to say it, but I'm glad you came to see me one last time. Christina left this earth a few weeks after my visit. I'm thankful for our time together as it taught me a lot. Most of all, she taught me to talk about my experience and be a friend slash advocate to other women who have unfortunately joined this club. The beautiful thing about social media now compared to when I was going through treatment in 2016, is more and more women, especially women of color, Hispanic, Asian, African-American, Middle Eastern, etc., are opening up about their breast cancer experience. I hate that everywhere I turn, another young woman is diagnosed, again. But my hope is that as we collectively tell our stories and champion for research, we will see less women dying and more of us surviving. I've learned during this process, every day I gain and meet some amazing friends. And although we may leave each other for whatever reason, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. Thank you so much for that, Marissa. That was beautiful. And thank you for bringing Christina into the room with us today. So we are going to take a quick break here, let Marissa catch her breath and hear from one of our fans. And when we come back, we will get into the storytelling. Hi friends. There is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from wildfire magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016 up to the summer of 2022. This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep 
and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone. You will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hi, my name is Elizabeth Reed. I live in Belmont, Massachusetts, and I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer at age 48 in 2006, and again at age 50 in 2008. I recently attended a free wildfire pop-up writing workshop for the young breast cancer community. When I write in wildfire groups, I don't have to explain anything. I can write about the effects of cancer in my life and know that we all get it. All right. Thank you so much for the love, Betty. I really appreciate you. And now turning back to Marissa, thank you again for your powerful writing and reading today. Oh, thank you. I didn't expect myself to get emotional, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's been a few years since you wrote this. I wonder how it was for you revisiting it. Um, you know, I know it was a little bit emotional and that surprised you. Anything else kind of come out of that for you? Um, I think for me, it just really, you know, I've been struggling the past couple of weeks with, you know, remembering my why of why I'm in the community and the work that I'm doing. Um, I'm sure, as you know, as a business owner, it could be a lot, um, not even just from the day to day of what we're doing, but you know, just being a business owner and having a lot of the pressures on you, um, you know, especially in the breast cancer community, I think it could just be really hard. And sometimes you can lose focus. And not even if you're, um, you know, a business owner or, you know, leading a nonprofit organization in this space, but I think just even as an advocate, it could just be really hard and trying to figure out like the meaning behind, behind of what we're doing, everything. And I think just reading that, you know, definitely helps me remember some of that reasoning why and not to let like the outside noise mm -hmm. get too much to me. Yeah, you raise a really good point about kind of the differences, I think, in being in the businesses that we are in versus, I don't know, a, a brand that makes like phone cases or something. I don't know. There's just like a lot more right. at stake, but it also is our own community too. And then that leads to more heaviness sometimes. And I think we do have to get back in touch with that why frequently. I know mm -hmm. for years, she kind of has stopped asking me now, but for years, my therapist would ask me like, are you sure you want to stay in cancer land? Like, you know, you're looking pretty good <laughs> and pretty healthy. Do you, are you sure? And mm -hmm. I think it's important to ask that question, you know, because our businesses are only as healthy as we are. And so we do have right. to touch in with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's where I'm at too. Like I'm, you know, in this place in my survivorship too, I just hit my seven years and, you know, it's kind of like anything you talk about, like relationships or anything, it's like that seven year itch. Um, and me asking myself, like, you know, am I in the right space? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing this for all the right reasons? Um, you know, do I need a break? Is it okay to take a break? You know, I right. think we don't even give ourselves the space to be able to even take those breaks at times, not even just as a business owner, but just even as a patient advocate too. 
Yes. Well, and sometimes when we take breaks in this community, um, even people who don't have, you know, a huge business or something they need to run, they take a little social media break. And unfortunately, because we're in a cancer space, we worry, you know, like, is she quiet because something happened, you know? And so not wanting to worry others, I think we tend to make ourselves be more visible all the time. And we do sometimes need to take a step back and and get that rest we need. Well, Mm -hmm. let me um, just kind of go back a little bit. And Marissa, have you introduced for the rest of us for anyone who maybe hasn't um, come across your organization yet? Sure. So for the rest of us is an online community for all women of color who have been impacted by breast cancer. Uh, For the rest of us was started as, you know, a blog site. So women would, you know, write in their stories, uh, particularly, you know, women of color and just being diagnosed with breast cancer, you know, their experiences range anywhere from what their diagnosis and treatment was like, um, whether they did, you know, any clean eating or clean beauty, what it's like being a mom in this space, relationships. We've had caregivers write in their stories as well. Um, We've also grown now to where we have, you know, a handful of ambassadors who live across the country. So women who have been diagnosed um, with any types of stages of breast cancer. And they just help us advocate regarding the mission and vision for the rest of us, um, but also advocate locally in their own city and states as well. Mm. Yeah, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, And we've featured, of course, a number of your advocates and and you were on the cover of the 2019 issue as well, along with Jasmine. Mm -hmm. Um, So one question I wanted to ask you, and I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to ask this question. So we'll see how it comes across. Um, But, you know, being in the space of holding community, you know, making an area for community to gather, to tell the stories of community in a cancer space means that we do have our members occasionally pass away. And unfortunately, that does happen more often than we would like. And it's just the nature of supporting you know, all stages of breast cancer, including metastatic breast cancer. And I think this is where my question is, you know, I think that we each of us have to decide how we want to honor those people who have passed before. And I've heard some people kind of bristle at this idea of honoring someone who's passed and the idea that maybe that isn't hopeful, or maybe that's a bummer to the organization. And I personally feel in wildfire that it's really important that we honor the people who have passed. Um, Mm -hmm. We remember them in their words. We remember them in their images. And that's something that's evolved for me in wildfire. I didn't set out on day one knowing how I wanted to do that, but it's become very core to what I do here. And I'm just curious, you know, do you have kind of a philosophy around how you want to honor people who've passed in for the rest of us or? Is it just kind of second nature how you do it? What What is your thought around that? I think for each person, it's individual. Um, you know, with Christina, I wrote this article here for Wildfire. We also have a section on the website um, called Christina's Corner, uh, which kind of highlights a little bit of her and I's relationship, but mostly highlights um, the fact that she was Hispanic and had triple negative breast cancer, which, you know, as some of us know, triple negative breast cancer is one of the most deadliest and aggressive breast cancers there is. And that Black and Hispanic women are, you know, unfortunately 
disproportionate with getting triple negative breast cancer. And so that was one of the reasons why I made that page, not even necessarily to highlight and honor her, but just it's a corner. So that way women who are diagnosed with NBC and triple negative breast cancer have their own special place. And then whoever unfortunately has that diagnosis or wants to read about somebody, they can go to that space. So I think, you know, that's one way. Um, we We had an ambassador, Sharon, who passed away last year. And, you know, she had a saying that she always said, um, which was um, living my life in purpose and on purpose. Mm. And, you know, so we made, you know, we, you know, put those words with the um, blessing of her family, like on t-shirt and things like that, because, you know, people loved it. So I think it's just, you know, little things that people can find that they can do. I get, you know, some people don't like certain things, um, but I think it's just for each individual person on how you want to actually honor them. And for the rest of us, we always try to make sure that we ask the family, are they okay with it? We don't just move forward with doing something. And then that's the way how we try to honor them. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I really resonate with that. And I think that sounds very similar to how I've chosen to do it here at Wildfire as well. I just feel strongly that were it me, I would want to know that I would be remembered. And so I like so much of what I do in Wildfire is um, I can't separate my own survivorship from it. It's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I just think like, well, that's what what I would want. And I think that's what my family would want. And I don't think those stories are, uh, you know, are sad necessarily in and of themselves. They're a celebration of the what this person was and what they have left in terms of a mark on all of us. And I think that needs to be cherished. Right. And I think, you know, it's also, um, it's also just honoring their legacy. You know, last year at um, our sneaker ball, we had what was called a legacy room, um, which was kind of like my baby of the whole event. And, you know, if you just imagine like walking through a museum with pictures of women who have been, you know, diagnosed or impacted with breast cancer and walking through and seeing their pictures and then the people who submitted them put what their legacy was. So I think it's just knowing what their legacy is. And then also the education piece of it, like you're explaining as well, like what you guys do in wildfire. It's like, these are the people in our community you know, who have made an impact and then you're educating the community, not only about them, but about the disease at hand. Exactly. And what's normal with this, you know, disease, right. it's not what the the media will have you believe that it's just an easy cancer, you know, you do a little bit of treatment mm-hmm. and then you're fine and you, you know, are off. It, it, it impacts all of us in different ways. And for many of us, forever, you know, and however long that forever is, is different for different people. But the impact is important to share, I think. Mm -hmm. Yes. Any type of education is always a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, um, we've already run to the end of our time (laughs) together, Marissa. It was quick, but for people who want to participate in For the Rest of Us or know more about the work that you're doing or you, where can they find you online? Sure. So, um, you can always go to breastofus.com and look at some of the work that myself and some of the ambassadors are doing, as well as the women in our community and read some of their stories and of course share them because that's the biggest thing. Uh, you could find us on Instagram at For the Breast of Us, as well as Facebook at For the Breast of Us. And then we're on Twitter at The Breast of Us. 
Um, we also have a podcast as well um, called, and look, I'm having like a whole brain fart right now, but if you just search <laughs> breast cancer baddies or for the breast of us, oh, it's called baddie behavior. Look, I remembered it. There you then, go. Um, you'll find it there and you can hear stories from women all over the country in our community, um, them just talking about their diagnosis and just life in general. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing. And again, for introducing us to Christina today. Everyone listening, my guest today is Marissa Thomas, and she read to us her story, Christina, which you can find in the 2019 issue of Wildfire. It is available digitally in our archives, along with in that issue are many stories from For the Breast of Us's community. So I hope you will check it out. Thank you so much. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young people like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's chat. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our 40-plus issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There's no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. All right. So the writing prompt I have for you all today is inspired by this story that Marissa read to us. So the writing prompt is her name was, her name was, give the space and time to honor someone in your life who has passed. Set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping, see what needs to come out and where it will take you. And if you find that you write best with a good writing prompt, head over to wildfirecommunity.org slash free to get more. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.